I'm writing the screenplay, and um, I find the whole process absolutely exhilarating. What's yours about, if you don't want me asking? So, in my film, I play a man who controls the world with his mind. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, for instance, um, I'm walking along, and um, I see this beautiful girl, and I think I'd like to see her naked, and so all her clothes fall off. All her clothes fall off? Mm, yes, and she's scrabbling around to get them back on again, but even before she can get her knickers on, I've seen everything. You know, I've seen it all. Okay. It's a comedy, is it? No. What's the story, though? What's the... Well, uh, I do other stuff, like I'm riding my bike in the park, and this policewoman says, Oi, you can't ride your bike on the grass, and I go, Oh, no, and her uniform falls off, and she goes, Ah! And she's trying to cover up, but I've seen everything. Anyway, and I get on my bike, I ride off. So, it's mainly you sort of go around seeing ladies' tits? Mainly. Mm. And I do other stuff, like um, I go to the World Cup final, and uh, it's Germany versus England, and I wish that I were playing, and suddenly I am, and I score the winning goal, and they carry me into the dressing room, and there's Rooney and Beckham, and then Posh Spice walks in, and... Her clothes fall off? Instantly. Sure. And she, she doesn't know what's happening, yeah. but uh, I've seen, seen everything. everything. Is there a narrative at all? Is there, like, a story in the, in the film, or is it just... No. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. Welcome to episode 16 of Opening Weekend. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week. As the nation prepares to go back to school in new and challenging ways, we look back to September 3rd, 1982, and a pair of high school comedies which entered wide release on the same day, but which otherwise could not be more different from one another. Zapped and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And then later on, we'll share our individual picks for our favorite school set films of all time. But first, Fred and Dan, what grade were you guys about to begin in September of 1982? I guess back to going back to school for fourth grade for Yay. me, right? Oh, I was such a happy little boy. I really was. <laughs> I, and I, I love fourth grade. I like when you talk about the happy times, Dan, because it gets dark sometimes. <laughs> it goes to it. Go, it all goes to shit. I, I, you know the. The these times are among the happiest because the what do you have to worry about? I mean, honestly, I had the same teacher for fourth grade as I had for fifth grade. Oh. So I was about to start two full years with Mrs. Matthews, who was kind of the she was one of the hard asses of Kennedy mm. Park School in Island, New Jersey. Um, but we didn't know we were going to about to have her for, for two years. Um, but we did. And so but but she liked me for some reason. And um, she was she was OK with me. And uh, I never had any had any problems with her. Um, and, you know, the, this was this was uh, very happy uh, times with, with, you know, we've talked about Star Wars. This is this is big times for for that. We, Empire had come out. We were anticipating the next one, which I think was still mm -hmm. called Revenge of the Jedi at this point, yeah. or we mm -hmm. had heard the rumors about it. And, uh, you know, you were that little seven, eight, nine year old kid who was I guess I was. Uh, it, this is 82 mm -hmm. at this point. This is 82. So yeah, so I'm eight going on nine. And this is just a really uh, blissful, blissful time is how I'll put it. Oh, wow. that's nice. 
then it all goes to hell because the hatred <laughs> of oneself is a strong, powerful pull. And once people start to tell you things about yourself, you go, you know, I think they're probably right. And then the way, then you start eating your feelings and then the weight gain. <laughs> I was, yeah, I had been the happy go lucky. My fourth grade experience was very, I had so much fun. And I really enjoyed fifth grade too. But my teacher in fifth grade did not enjoy me. Her name was <laughs> Mrs. Urizzo. She Whoa, was Urizzo. Wow. I, I wish her, I don't know if she's still with us. I wish her well, but she was a hard <laughs> nut to crack. She just never liked me. She just did not like me. And What's uh, that fourth like? Grade, yeah, exactly. Oh, she did, well, she would call my mom in for parent-teacher conferences and be like, you know, because I, I, this is, again, so this is a fifth grade story. I was entering sixth grade, but I'll tell you why this is all important. In fifth grade, like for Halloween, she was like, all right, she paired off everybody in the class. She paired everybody off to get together and write a Halloween story, and then it would be presented to the class, and it would be, you would just hand the, basically, it was like everybody was expected to hand the paper back and forth, and each person would read a paragraph of the story they wrote or whatever. And Great. I remember saying, well, that's stupid. It's like, I wrote it with my friend. I was like, no, I didn't say it to her, but I was like, I was like, I was like, this is going to be so much. didn't like you. No, no, no. I was like, I was like, this will be so much better. I was like, we'll write it together. And then I was like, Mark, you read the story, and I'll act it all out. I'll 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 do all the stuff, and it was about this old woman Your getting first poisoned and stuff. It was it was my first one man show, and she That's called my idea. mother in. Yeah, I thought it was a clever idea, and it was you know the kids liked it and stuff. And she called my mother in. She was like, he was throwing himself around the room like an idiot. Um, <gasps> she really had no use for me. Like wow. called the print, you know, like the principal and I had always gotten along. Then it was like I was being sent to the principal about stuff, and I was really I developed like this complex about it where I was like I had always thought of myself as a good kid, but then I started thinking of myself as a bad kid and that I needed oh, no. to straighten up and fly right. And my mom didn't, no, no, wow. my family didn't make me feel this way. It was all the fact that that woman had such an issue with me. And then going into this school year, sixth grade, I really closed up in a way that I was very, very quiet and shy wow. and nerdy. Wow. And I like, I, all of a sudden I started dressing like I would wear these like little sweater vests. I like, it was like, I, it was like I was full Clark Kent. To I had turned into a little, to, to, to please a teacher. I wasn't even in her class anymore. I had just, I, oh, I'm, oh I'm a people God. pleaser and I'm an authority figure pleaser. So even though I was like, you know, oh. you know, funny and had fun, I always found my creativity teachers always kind of liked or at least tolerated my creativity up until that point and then she did not and then it made me feel like very and it's not like i stopped being creative i mean i kept writing i kept drawing but i just like just i just became very small i decided to take up less space and then i got into high school and i started doing theater and stuff and i was like i would never in a million years do theater like i was it's like i had erased this part of myself that because it was so traumatizing it was so traumatizing i i had <sighs> forgotten that i used to be a kid who would act who would be like oh this is how we'll do the story you read it and i'll act it out that I, it's like i forgot that that even was a part of me because i was like oh no 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 i don't like to do stuff in front she of was like the know. opposite wow. of robin williams and dead poet society <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my God. she's like yes shoot yourself <laughs> <laughs> and then i had, and then this year sixth grade Sixth grade it is was your this fault. very it nice. It is uh, your fault. 
this very nice man, uh, uh, Mr. Kalinowski, who was like this old guy, like guy, incredibly tall, but like kind of curved over. He looked like something out of Mad Magazine, like a Sergio Aragonés <laughs> drawing. He had like two hearing aids. He was like, Mrr. yeah, I mean, he was he was a hot fucking mess, but he was a nice guy. Sounds like every role Dan played at Hofstra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was, that was... Fred, what? Uh, so you were you were going into fifth. I was going no. into fifth grade. It's so funny. I, I maybe something really traumatic happened to me in fifth grade because I draw a blank on fifth grade. Like mm. I remember my teacher for fourth grade was Mrs. Kennelly. My teacher for sixth grade was Mr. Gebick. I had to do some deep, deep searching to remember my teacher's name for fifth grade. It was Mrs. Bennett. Come on, Bennett. Did you tell her to let off some steam at some point? <laughs> <at one point? laughs> That's what it was. Maybe that's why it was so traumatic. Because you threw a pipe at her and steam came out. She kidnapped Alyssa Milano and she made me chase her all over the world for it. I had to break this guy's neck on a plane. I mean, for a fifth grader, that's very traumatic. You had to Uh, kill Dan Hedaya just to get to her. (laughs) No, I don't remember. It's so crazy. Like, I don't even remember what I went for in Halloween that year. Fourth grade, I was Indiana Jones. Sixth grade, I was Mad Max. I don't remember fifth grade, so <laughs> you were Mad Max. I That's was. Awesome. Oh, that was my my teacher, That's Mr. Cool. Gibbick, raved about that costume. Yeah, my mom made a made a good Halloween costume, and mm. that was a good one. But I don't remember. Yeah, I I don't remember much about that actual school year. I remember that I was really into Rocky Three. And like, I, the time yeah. was my favorite song because oh, that had come yeah. out, you know, that spring we were, I think this is the year that we all sort of really got into wrestling and the WWF oh, absolutely. and like, yeah. uh, we formed our own WWF yes. like with the schoolyard kids. Yes, and we did too. You did, of course you had to. And <laughs> I remember there's this one kid, Dave Anglin, I'm still sort of in touch with him. And, um, he had like super blonde, almost white hair. And he had something, <gasps> there's something with his throat like he had he had some throat surgery so he had a very scratchy voice and he was like the bookie he was the Vince McMahon really he and I remember he had this little notepad and he would write everyone's names down and whose characters we were I believe I was Tiger Chung Lee was, was, that, was, that, a, was yes, that a wrestler of yes, course Tiger that, Chung Lee yes, of yes. course he was and like all like the bigger like sort of cooler kids got like the better wrestlers you know like, of course yeah. I think Glenn Apprahamian was he might have been Snooka, um, oh, and but and then they we we would have. You like should have been you say I like how you say like everybody in this uh, in the audience listening would be like, oh, Glenn Abrahamian. Of course he played <laughs> Snooka. Of, of course he was Snooka. We, we all know his size. <laughs> <laughs> he was a big kid, <laughs> and we would and we he set it up and like Dave Anglin, like he he was the mastermind behind all this. He had like I said, he had this little notepad, and he would write down and he scheduled matches during <laughs> recess. Or after school, and it got shut down pretty quickly because then I think, <laughs> I believe it might have been Glenn Abrahamian fought this kid. I think his name was Mark Eddins. And at some point, I don't know if it happened. I remember all of us watching, and someone was like, "Oh, Glenn's penis came out. His dick's hanging out." Like, because I guess we were still wearing shorts because it was still close enough to the summer. Um, but it got shut down. But there was a whole, you know, like who's going to be wrestling who after school, and who's going to wrestle who? And I, my match never came up. I don't know who I was supposed to wrestle, <laughs> but I was so excited about it and also terrified because I'm like, I'm going to get my ass kicked. I'm the littlest kid at school. Um, another thing that I, I seem to remember that was a pretty big deal at this time besides seeing zapped um <laughs> was i i believe this was around the time that i saw my first playboy magazine 
Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Naughty. Yeah, because we would go to, and if I remember correctly, we'd always go to Montauk over the summer. And there was this, and I, I think I talked about this on the first episode when we were talking about Star Wars, that I would always go to this corner store, and that's where I first got the Empire Strikes Back trading cards. Yes, and They absolutely. always had Playboys there. Um, and I might have I might have gotten it from there. I might have stolen or someone, I think someone gave it to me. There's a kid named Danny Brooks. I remember that. And I believe, I feel like his dad or someone's dad had a lot of Playboys and somehow yeah. I got a hold of Everybody's one. dad. Yeah. <laughs> they were down the basement or up in the attic or under a something. Yep. You just <laughs> On found the coffee them. table. You just, if, yeah, you're, <laughs> if you're a bad dad. And I remember my friend, Josh Klamberg, his dad or someone it is, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to sully the the you know the the honor the of all these fathers, <laughs> but I do remember someone in that household had like a really big box of Playboys. Sure. Um, I remember finding in one of my dad's drawers there was one. Um, and dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry. If I was young, I was sneaking <laughs> around. I found it, but it had um which one? Well, maybe this was the one. Maybe this was the one. It had a, a whole special uh, segment about um, the Bo Derek movie Tarzan the Ape Man. Oh, yes. so, which yes. I believe had come out maybe a year earlier. 81, yeah. So you know what? Then maybe that's what it was. Maybe this was a magazine that came out in 81 and I just discovered it around now. Mm-hmm. That could very well be it. But the centerfold was, her name was Susan. And we <laughs> used to call her, it was, she was September Susan. And I remember that because, well, first of all, it was my first Playboy centerfold. Mm-hmm. So I was like, holy shit, this woman is She's naked and her name is Susan and she really loves the month of September, obviously. <laughs> and I remember me and my sister who is a year and a half younger that we would look and like the, the neighbors up the block, Chris Marin and Josh. And we had this song and don't ask me why, oh, no. but cause we decided we're like, oh, well they must pick girls with names that match the first letter of the month. So that's mm-hmm. how it works. So we would sing, I don't know what this means. We'd go, September Susan, November Nora, December Dana, wah, wah, wiki. <laughs> I don't know what wah, wah, wiki means, but that's how the song ended. Like McDonald's or Taco Bell, we just want to get this in and let it move through our systems as quickly as possible. So let's talk about Zapped. Get off this summer with Zapped. Starring Scott Baio, Willie Ames, Albert Einstein, Scatman Crothers, his over-persuasive wife. You ugly spasm. An outrageous pair. An incredible pair. One spaced-out Vulcan, one spaced-out dummy. A team of professional exorcists. And a half-naked cast of thousands. (laughs) All come together in Zapped, a movie that's out of this world. And out of its mind. Scott Bayo is a high school student who acquires telekinetic powers, including the ability to undress teenage girls with his mind. Willie Ames and Scatman Crothers are in it. It made almost $17 million. <laughs> Jesus wept. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think? <laughs> Of Zach. <laughs> I loved it. I love this movie. It's, it's, God, what a piece of shit. I, th- this is really, it's, it's, 
it's all nostalgia. It's it's yeah. nothing to like about it except the nostalgia. Yeah. And I have a lot of nostalgia for it because I, I did see it. I didn't see it in the theaters. I, I must have seen it right when it came out. I probably saw it a year later, you know, because things cable. came onto cable pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, I'm 99% mm-hmm. sure I saw it with my friend Josh at his house. Uh, and... <laughs> We loved it. I mean, it was what was not to love. And again, it was just that fascination with like, holy shit, there, there are yes. boobs in this movie. Right. Like he's got this power and th- th- that's all he uses it for, really. Um, yes. Now, I read something. That's, all, that's re- all they make you think he uses it for. Yes, there's, there's, it's true. I, I mean, they really don't give the audience what they really want until the last scene. It's like there's actually not nearly as much boobage as I would no, have expected based on the You're posters right. and the ads. I'm like, then really that's, we came to see him just take clothes off of people. I, I don't know what yeah. we're, it's the last know, five minutes moving brooms around. Like it's Fantasia. Go to <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> what I read something and this was sort of fascinating that, well, I, no, it wasn't fascinating. Sorry. I should, <laughs> I don't want to put the word fascinating with zapped. It was Why interesting. Not? It was an interesting tidbit. All that nudity, or, or most of it, was added later because Porky's. I read, I read that you know mm. Porky's was such a huge hit. They made this move and they thought, shit, we need more nudity. So they actually, it wasn't rated R to begin with. They added more nudity because oh, they wow. wanted an R rating because they thought that would make it a bigger hit. That was the whole big thing. So wow, you're right. Like towards the end, suddenly when they're doing the whole wow. Carrie, you know, spinoff when it's, you know, the prom yeah. and <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's just, there's just these random shots of, you know, just everyone's <laughs> getting naked and that's because they were like, let's have another Porky's. It's mm. so wild though, just to like <laughs> Scott Bayo and Willie Ames, I mean, who are just too... I mean, I'll just say it. They're sort of lunatics now. Um, but at the time, you know, they were so, you know, they were the teen heartthrobs. You Absolutely. Know, Williams is on Eight is Enough and Chachi. And, uh, I'm sorry, uh, but why does Joni love Chachi? That's, I can't, after seeing this, I have no, I cannot discern. What is, what is Joni seeing him? Oh, I actually God. thought he was pretty good in this. I did too, I did, Fred. I did too. I Look, get, every time he uses, are you out of your goddamn mind? Every time he uses his power, he looks wildly constipated. He's like, <laughs> I laughed. I'm I trying was to, funny. That noise. Like, that, that's the thing. This movie has such, like funny? Dan and I were talking before we started. Uh, oh, I don't know if it was boy. funny. No, I just I thought, thought he was, was good. Yeah. I thought, I thought he was he very did. natural. Yes. I thought. You're like, okay, I I see why Scott Baio became, you know, the sort of cultural icon that he was. There was something about him. I thought he was very likable in this. Um, No, Jason, it's a terrible Scott Baio playing a scientist is like Denise Richards or Arnold Schwarzenegger playing a scientist. It's like, you know, looking at beakers and shit. That's why I love that. Wait, Hmm. speaking of him being a scientist, where was the science teacher? This kid had carte blanche to go. He had like his own laboratory. Did you he notice was his that? Own he science was like teacher. running it. Yeah. The, the only people who went into that science lab were him and Scott Man Crothers. That <laughs> yeah. was it. Scott Man Crothers playing the least in shape coach of anything you've ever seen in history. Because <laughs> of all the salami. He had to all get rid of the salami. salami. He enjoyed all the salami. salami and the weenies. Oh God, that dream sequence. I mean, when I was a kid, there was nothing better. There was nothing better than Aunt Esther riding a chariot, shooting, shooting giant salamis. salamis. That's Gatman Crothers. Aunt Esther stole the movie, I think. I think she stole the whole movie. As soon as she you showed up, I was like, sucker. Aunt Luanda Esther. Page. Lawanda Page, wonderful. She was wonderful in it. Oh, it's a God. weird, do weird anything. movie. Mr. Einstein. 
I'm feeling strange. Someone's putting some shit on my mind. Sounds like too many chili dogs, Dex. Have to learn to relax. Chili dogs are what I need to relax. Salami too. Um, yeah, no science teacher. The principal couldn't even get into the science lab. Like, you're right. No. He had complete carte blanche to get in there. It was um, very strange. You mean the poor man's Ted Knight? He, 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 he Jason, was. you are a mind reader. I absolutely, absolutely thought Robert Mandan, or Mandan whatever his name is, soap. was he was from Soap. And was he mm. not Three's a Crowd? See the same Probably. guy? Probably. I, I think you're right. Oh, you're right. yeah. You're right, Dan. Good actor absolutely the poor man's pet Ted Knight because as I was watching him I was like how would Ted Knight have played this scene <laughs> I thought the I same goddamn thing and and the one I thought of which you'll appreciate is the one where he comes into the classroom and the teacher says sit down and he sits down and he's clearly uncomfortable behind like the small desk or the yes. lack of space yes. between the blackboard and the desk and he does <laughs> he registers it on his face but it's kind of naturalistic and it's too soft and it doesn't have yeah. any it's not a joke it's too subtle and right. I thought if it was Ted Knight he'd bang the, the, the leg and you'd see the eyes cross and then he'd straighten <laughs> things out. Make a bit of it. Yeah. He'd make the bit out of it. I was like, yeah. oh, he doesn't quite make the bit out of it. But, yeah, you know, true. Kate and I were watching it and she's like, he's a good actor. And I was like, yeah, he is a good actor, definitely. But, um, you know, but he's not, he's no Ted Knight. Billy, 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 Billy. Whoa, Billy, Billy, Billy. This is a biggie. I had a huge crush on uh, Bernadette. Yeah, yeah, she's, now, she's was lovely. She, was, she? was she one of the original cast of um, Facts, Facts of, Life. of Life? Okay, yeah, and then she, she got was, fired. Oh, she really? was, she was, yeah, she. And the only, the reason I know this is because uh, her what is her her full her last name is Schachter because her like mom, what Suzanne Schachter, Suzanne Schachter, her mom, who I, I think also shared the same name, was my manager when I was in <gasps> high school. She had a management company called Suzelle. Oh, wow. She might oh, yeah. still have it, Suzelle oh, wow. Management, and oh, wow. so I. You know, when I found out this, I remember talking to her. I was like, oh, my God, I loved your daughter in Zapped. And she, yeah, she was the first one Amazing. hired on Facts of Life. And then she was fired when they decided to retool the season. So she was only on for a really short amount of time. I do remember oh, I that. Because I was they like, fired a what? whole bunch of those girls. Molly yeah, Ringwald yeah, 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 yeah. and all those people could just have the four main. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was. But right. more Tootie. They kept yeah, more, Tootie, thank God. They need more Tootie. Yeah. Um, but it's You're, funny. The you know, original going, roller girl. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Wow! Jeez. Oh God! Now Jesus. I feel ew, I feel icky thinking of Tootie. Uh, well, wasn't she always on stage? She, she was. was. On she she, was, beginning, she was. Yeah. She always was. This was sort of my first taste of what I thought young love was going to be like. Like what a young hmm. high school romance would be. Like. And I remember yeah. watching it as a kid and not feeling. God, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a sexual thing. But I remember thinking like. Oh, I, I want that. That seems really cool. Yeah, I'm hoping for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, like right. I want to play tennis with the, you know, with the, <laughs> the brunette with the glasses and and fool right. around. On, I want you know, to fly a bed field. into the lab <laughs> and then I want to levitate her onto it. And then I want to basically strangle her. Do you see? He's choking her two seconds after he kisses her. It's like Scott, they're like, just, you know. Get into it, guys. And he's like, I choke all my girlfriends on the set of Happy Days. And they're like, well, maybe not so much here. I think he said that at the RNC the other night, didn't he? Oh, for the love. (laughs) (laughs) Got to believe in magic. Tell me how two people find each other in a world that 
strangers. That song, You Gotta Believe in Magic, because it's yes. magic when two people fall in love. <gasps> yes. And then you make out in the grass with your gal. Like, it was, that was a big moment uh, for me yeah. in, you know, watching movies. And Let me ask you a question. So you have... Um, you put yourself in the Willie Ames part or the Bernadette part or any of the parts, but not Scott Bayo. <laughs> thank thank Scott, you. Scott Bayo's your For friend. For that grace. Your friend, Scott Bayo, <laughs> now has godlike powers. <laughs> he can do anything. He can manipulate matter in all of its forms. He can do anything with his mind, including, as we find out at the end of the movie, fly. Mm-hmm. What's your reaction? I want to look at the cute mice. Yeah. She walks in and goes, like, no. Hey, I no. caught you. I saw you. I saw you moving that stuff around. It was amazing. Oh, these cute little mice. You still have them? Holy <laughs> the same shit. Thing. Yeah. And Your Willie friend Ames has, too. and Willie Ames comes in. It's like, they didn't give hey, a shit. I, I saw you uh, moving stuff around. Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, it's like, what are you? Are you all out? Have you all lost your mind? Your friend is a god now. He's God. He's all powerful. Have you lost your minds? It's the same I, problem with Bruce Almighty. People don't really, really want to deal with the ramifications of that. It's too horrifying, really. I guess so. So, so I it's guess like, because so. you're always left scratching your head about those types of movies where you're like, well, wouldn't he really... If you could do anything, wouldn't you anything. use your power for blah? And yeah. wouldn't people freak <laughs> out or get scared or yeah. ask you to do things? I mean, you know, Willie Ames asked him to, you know, fix him to play roulette and win gambling. a couple hundred yeah, bucks. Roulette, yeah. I mean, you know, you could, you could, uh, I mean, there, there's no limit. There seems to be no limit to his powers. But I guess I like the idea as an idea that a kid would not see any of that. Oh, of course. <laughs> and just use his powers to unclasp bras and send skirts up in the air. That's a funny conceit to me, right? But that the friend, that no one sees, no one even mm. reacts at the level that a human would react if they witnessed that is unforgivable. That's what sends the movie way, way down for me. Is that what sends it down? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, right when you said, let me ask you a question. I'm like, we're talking about Zapped now, right? I know. <laughs> we're going deep on Zapped? Here's the thing I'll say about Zapped, which is I get more from the poster than anything. I mean, because that iconic, like the lifting up the skirt, there, there is yeah. something like, yes, it's naughty. It's dirty. It's whatever. It's fantasy. It's the thing you're mm -hmm. saying, Dan, like the, the possibilities seem endless. Like, oh, my God. You know, in right. crass, crude, whatever. Of course, like what they did in weird science. Yeah. But the excitement right. of that. Right. Yeah, I was going to say weird science, which I loathe, did this much, much, much better three yes. years later. But, you know, it, it's that there's potential in this idea, even as yes. just like a body sex comedy that is not, which is why it makes sense when you say, oh, it wasn't supposed to be that. It was supposed to be more like Chevy Chase, modern problems. Guy gets dipped in whatever, radioactive <laughs> yeah, goo, and then he can make shit levitate. But yes. you know what I mean? But that's like more of like a, a situation comedy based around yeah. like the powers and the special effects of moving shit around. Like I half the time I was like, these this effect, if you want to call it an effect, is horrible. And who cares? I don't want to see any objects flying. I don't want to see like toys flying in the air. You're just supposed to be taking. It's like the Patrick Stewart thing from extra. It's, right. The whole thing should just be 
I mean, I'm not saying it would make it a better movie, but in a way it would if it was just, <laughs> I've got these powers. And now just literally he unclothes everyone for right. 90 minutes. Because it would That's meet my, the expectation of hot A, the poster, B, of the poster, the, of the, uh, the ad. And of, of the, of the, the hormones. silly conceit of what, of that you, that the movie is asking you to buy into. But now finding out from you guys that they added yeah. that later mm-hmm. as a marketing scheme now makes total sense to me, you know, because they don't because literally yeah. the last five minutes of the movie, you know, is madness. I mean, it's crazy with all it's, of the, you know, and why he's doing silly. it makes no sense. It's just to do it. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's it's no just, reason. They're just like, let's like do Carrie. it. Let's, it's like Carrie, you yeah. know, and they they do. There's little takes off on the exorcist and uh, with that fucking dummy. It's yeah, it's now here, here's something of note. Um, I thought, you, oh, you were talking about an actual ventriloquist dummy. I thought you were just talking about one of the people involved with the movie. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, years later, this movie meant so much that um, and you guys might remember this. Uh, when me and our good friend Mike Polovsky were living together on the Upper East Side, like when we first graduated, our answering machine was, and I'll see mm-hmm. if I can remember it. I wish I still had it. It was, it started off with, uh, it, it was a zapped uh, tribute. And you would oh, call, God, ring, right. ring, ring, and it would pick up and you'd hear Mike go, Al Pacino in zapped. I think it was like zapped two or something. Yes. We'd be like, Al yes. Pacino, zapped two, take six. And then you hear the, the clap trap and I went, Hoo-ah, I'm zapped. I got magical powers. Hoo-ah, yes. I'm zapped. Look at them boobies. Ha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> and that was it. I do remember that. I might, I might oh, be misrepresenting I it. I don't remember that, that was the exact too. script. No, but, that's uh, pretty, that's pretty accurate. Charles in charge of Earth. That's what Dan wanted to see. Charles just <laughs> wreaking havoc with his On newfound power. Please let me see that. Or let me see re- someone reacting, anyone reacting as if that could have happened. Help me, Mr. Einstein! Barney! Help me! Back on Earth. When last we checked in with the Arthropod squad, they were running around, but we yes. got something from adam last week remember we got a thing saying it was very sad oh yes yes oh, yes right. he's been turned into a a, a a what wolf an art no he's been he's been he signed the postcard adam the ard wolf yeah a-a-r-d wolf so yeah. um you guys aren't going to be <laughs> i found what was in the mail sack this week dismaying I found it dismaying. Sorry. Um, we Why didn't hear from, misfortune. you know, we, we didn't, we didn't get a letter or a call from the arthropod squad last week, but I hope they're on top of this. I really, really do because there is um, one thing in the mail sack and it's a flyer. It's a flyer. We got mailed a flyer mm-hmm. and I'll just read you what it says here. I was very, I was very shaken by it. Um, come one, come all to the world's greatest freak show. 
Dr. Merlot's Festival of Oddities. C, Harry Timmy, the world's only aardwolf. That's this is clearly Adam. He's putting him on display now. Is he an aardvark? Is he a wolf? Is he a human? Is he an unholy abomination? Is he all of the above? You decide. This is all on this flyer. And then you guys, uh, I don't know what to say. I'll just read it. And see our star attraction, Ruthless Buzzy. <laughs> the murder hornet woman. <gasps> She'll hit you with her purse and sting you with her love. <laughs> come one, come all. From Sarasota to Syracuse. Oh, my God. Dr. Merlot's wow. Festival of Oddities. Oh. So he's taking this on the road now. He's taking oh, our sweet Sheila, who has been fused oh with a murder hornet, and Adam, who's an aardwolf, whatever the fuck that is, he's taking them on the road. We should wow. take that poster and make a song out of what's written on there like the Beatles <laughs> did with for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Because, you know, that song is all based on literally just John Lennon just read off a, a circus flyer. <laughs> For the benefit of Dr. Malone. Yeah, we should do. That's it. You're exactly right. We should. Make, and that'll uh, be the theme song of the show. I don't know how that helps them. How do, what do we do? We just have faith in the It's not so much about squad? helping them. It's about trying to make the most of a bad situation. Actually, they're, you know what? They're doomed. This, this could yes, be a no. helping them. <laughs> But this could be a good thing. This could be a good thing. They're going to be getting out there. A lot of people are going to be seeing them. They're going to talk about the podcast. We're going to get more listeners. You are I guarantee so right. they're both getting more fresh air than they ever got when they weren't like animal hybrids. <laughs> so maybe it's a positive is what you're saying for all involved, including us. I think so. I think so. I think they're going to be up there. People are going to come visit them. They're going to be like, oh, my God, this 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 weird thing is so hairy. Wait, what's that? Listen and subscribe to what? <laughs> Opening weekend podcast. Thank you, freak man. Sp Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ardwolf. Yeah. Spotify. I think this is going to be good. <gasps> Please kill me. <laughs> no, 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 Ardwolf. You have so much more to impart. It's not a life. Yeah, well, I mean, but it's amusing. <laughs> not for me. Oh, I should subscribe. He's cracking us up. Oh, God. <laughs> well, if you can hear us, <sighs> tell the onlookers at Dr. Malo's Festival of Oddities to listen, subscribe. Stamp once for yes and, and twice for no. <laughs> Uh, and give us five stars. Stamp five times for five stars. You know who probably sells? We can get tickets. My uh, my good buddy Damone. Oh, I hear he's scalping tickets. That to the oh. Foot Meat Festival. <laughs> Doctor Malo's Foot Meat Festival. That's what I should have called it. I mean, that's what should have made been on the some flyer. the choicest cuts. <laughs> the, cho the, cho the choicest cuts of foot meat. No bunions here. The corn uh -huh. is only on the side. <laughs> oh, God. It's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, it was like Seinfeld. It's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. What's the deal? What are you talking about? Why the time so fast at Ridgemont? <laughs> are they faster than at other high schools? Doesn't time move at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Marking the directorial debut of Amy Heckerling, Fast Times at Ridgemont High chronicles a school year in the lives of sophomores Stacey Hamilton, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, and Mark Ratner, played by Brian Backer, who are constantly receiving advice from their older friends Linda Barrett, played by Phoebe Cates, and Mike Damone, played by Robert Romanos, both of whom believe themselves wiser in the ways of romance than their younger counterparts. Meanwhile, perpetually stoned surfer Jeff Spicoli, played by Sean Penn, squares off against uptight history teacher Mr. Hand, played by Ray Walston. In addition to Penn, Cates, and Lee, the film also stars Judge Reinhold and features early appearances by future stars Nicolas Cage, Forrest Whitaker, Eric Stoltz, and Anthony Edwards. Based on Cameron Crowe's undercover expose of the same name, Fast Times at Ridgemont High was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Just like Zapped. <laughs> Although the film began its rollout on August 13th of 1982, the film expanded into a wider release as the school year began and ultimately earned over $27 million in theaters. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Fast Times? At Ridgemont High. I got to tell you, I, I didn't think much of it until this rewatch. And I really love it now. Um, I hadn't seen it for many years. Again, didn't see it when I was an eight-year-old. Um, it was like Zapped and like a lot of these movies, like Porky's and other movies we've mentioned, was a dirty movie, a naughty movie, not allowed to see it or be anywhere near. But it held that fascination mm -hmm. as something the older kids watched and the older kids talked about where the kids with cable were, could see, you know, if they snuck downstairs late at night or something like that. So it was one mm -hmm. of those movies that held this fascination that I had seen dribs and drabs of or pieces of or the famous scenes of over the years. But on this rewatch, man, this is a uh, what I love the most about this movie. And we'll get more into this is the structure of it. It's like it's like 22 short films about Glenn Gould. It's like you get <laughs> you, you kind of get snippets of it's like here's a town Here's a community and you're going to get yeah. a little bit of this person's story and a little bit of this person's story. And they don't have to cohesion. They don't have to have cohesion. The Sean Penn story doesn't have to affect anything else. You know, mm -hmm. she, they, she he never meets uh, the Jennifer Jason Lee character and doesn't yeah. have to. You know, it's just they're disparate. They're disparate stories. And you you go back and forth between these four or five or six different stories as the, the Judge Reinhold. It, that's a self-contained story. Of yeah. him trying to get a new job and find his place, you know, and pay for his I car love that and stuff. About it. And I, yeah. I, I really love that about the movie because that is fucking innovative, man. And and you just, you know, if you're if you're you, yeah. if you're tired of the story you're watching, wait a minute because you're going to get another piece of a story that you that you hmm. uh, do enjoy. And I love that. I just think that, um, um, you know, there are so many lovely moments in this, and probably my favorite is when when Damone and uh, Robert Romanus and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character are in, they're, they're about to do it, you know, and he's having, oh, they give him all these private moments where he's alone on screen and you see the thoughts on his face and he's just, ha he's really struggling with it. He doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, want to betray his friend, but he's doing it anyway. But he goes there. He asks her for an iced tea. He comes in the house. He yeah. goes and gets changed, you know, but he's struggling with it the whole time. And you see the humanity of this of a character where typically you don't see a lot of, you know, the cool guy character. And then you you it turns out he's kind of pretending, you know, he lives in a motel. 
you see that little shot mm-hmm. of him oh, coming yeah. out of a motel. Yeah. So it's all pretense. He 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 doesn't last with her when they do do it, you know. So he doesn't mm-hmm. have it all figured out. He's a very human character and you actually really feel for him i I love all of that stuff about this movie i I really loved it yeah i i i'm with you and that's i think that's really interesting what you said that it's all disparate characters and and they're all just sort of these little separate stories yeah they don't really link up a lot of them you know yeah you're right i I mean i remember when i saw it i saw it on cables probably again a year after it came out and (laughs) i saw it with uh my parents probably needed to think twice about some of the babysitters they had, but I watched her with a babysitter, Kristen Schleifer. Mm. She lived across the street. And you I'll saw never... Star Wars with her, right? Yes, that's my memory that you her, took. Right? It's a good memory I there. that yeah. name. So we, I remember sitting in our den watching this, and I remember during that scene, and my sister was there too. Simona was in the room too. And I think it was very apparent to Kristen that like, oh shit, maybe we shouldn't be watching this movie. But I remember during that scene where they're having sex, she immediately turned to my sister and said, Simona, never do that. And my sister said, oh no, 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 I never, I never will. (gasps) Um, And I always remember that. Yeah. But. And she never has. I'm just kidding. And she's she's still in (laughs) the the convent. Yeah. (laughs) No, I loved it. I mean, I don't think I got all of it when I first saw it. There was Mm. so much stuff. I was like, what I came, what does that mean? Which is so interesting yeah, too with that right. part. Cause he says, and it, it didn't hit me until this time and just hearing you and, and re- this was the first time that I watched and I was like, Oh, Oh, this happens quick because it happens quick because he's probably never had sex before, yeah. you know? And cause he says, yeah. he doesn't say I came. He goes, I think I came. Yeah. Did you feel it? Like he doesn't even know. So you're yeah. right, Dan. It is sort of like a really sad moment, you know, for this for this guy who's sort of the posturing, you know, cool dude the entire and I mean Yeah, it's awkward, first, it's sad, it's weird, it's all the feelings. Yeah, yeah. But I um yeah, I I, you know, always had a great affinity for it all growing up. Uh I I know it so well. There's so many scenes and lines that pop out. And then rewatching it again, I'm like, it really I think it holds up. There's nothing forced about it. All the performances are great. There's right. never, there's never really mm-hmm. a, like a moment where you sort of cringe and you're like, oh, that's dated. Or and and Not obviously really. it's dated. It takes you know it takes place in the '80s, but it's such, yeah. it's such a perfect representation of the eighties and not in a sort of overblown silly way. Like now it's funny. We can watch it and you're like, Oh, this is exactly how like stranger things season three, you know, cause that, that the the, the season three takes place (laughs) in the mall. That's the whole big thing, you know, but like this, I I, I can't, it's, I was trying to think of this when I was watching it. There's something very meta about it because obviously at the time it was just, a snapshot of what was going on and it was exactly what was going on. And looking back, it's still obviously a snapshot of what was happening at that time, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing, there's nothing funny or silly about it. Um, or it's not John Hughesified, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's what I was. It didn't go that extra step into camp or farce or or, or the very first thing I wrote about this is that it has perspective, which is amazing to have perspective in the moment that you're making it, that you're filming it in probably 81 for an 82 release and that it feels like a perfect time capsule of the eighties. That is also a comment on the eighties. How does he do it? I I say he, because Cameron Crowe is where it's based off, but it's really Amy heckerling too she's an amazing filmmaker and i was like i how does it have this perspective i don't know i thought that was kind of remarkable about it for like a what seems like a teen comedy only afterwards did i realize this was 
that Cameron Crowe went undercover kind of and, and mm. you know, uh, did this uh, kind of expose, wrote this big piece, uh, wrote a book about uh, mm-hmm. his time in this high yeah. school. I think that's amazing. And it makes perfect sense that the movie feels so, so lived in and so simple. I mean, it's really very, very it's a very simple slice of life kind of thing. And that's why I love yep. all the disparate stories, Dan, like you say, like it doesn't have to hang together in any way, except that no. it's all these people, this community of people, like the banner of the high school and the time and the place is all you need. And then it's just, it's very much like something like, um, it's not really like Magnolia, but it feel, has that kind of feel of like just a yeah. bunch of lives being lived. Like a in Robert a particular Altman place. Yes. You know, yeah. It's like shortcuts yeah. in high school. Yeah. In yeah. 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 All you need to do is look at the two scenes, you know, the scene from Fast Times where um, the uh, Jennifer Jason Lee character loses her virginity to the older mm-hmm. guy, the 26 yeah. year old guy. Mm-hmm. 26 and she's 15. Yeah. Look at Which, look at that scene as opposed to the scene where the two main characters in Zapped, Scott Bayo and the girl, lose their virginity. Strangle you each know? other in the science lab. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> just kidding. The, his magical powers aside, they sort of play at the idea of what f- their first time is going to be like, should be like, is supposed to be, quote unquote, be like. And then they even smoke a cigarette after because that's the thing adults do and they laugh mm-hmm. about that. And it's just handled so poorly and and also, um, uh, you know, just unfeelingly. There's no there's no yeah. fe- there's no feeling to it. Then you watch Fast Times and the moment where she loses her virginity. All Heckerling does is show you the graffiti, the yeah, lights, the wall from her perspective, from her point of view, because she will always remember this moment, what it looked like, what it felt like, and mm-hmm. even to the graffiti on the on the concrete wall yeah. in front of her. That's brilliant. I mean, that's brilliant. And, you know, you juxtapose those two scenes from these two movies and mm-hmm. you have the answer of like, why does this one stand this test of time and is looked at, you know, as a as something to be archived in the American film archives or whatever yeah. you say. Very said. realistic depiction. Yeah. I literally, this is going to sound like I'm making a joke. I'm really not. I can't listen to Jackson Brown now without <laughs> thinking of Jennifer Jason Leigh losing her virginity in an old baseball dugout. <laughs> there's, there's so many moments in this movie. I mean, just like... Oh, I need I need, ooh, I need to take a breath even before I mention it. But oh, here whole, we go. Yeah, the whole cars, you know, Phoebe Cates coming out living <laughs> in stereo. I mean, that's I mean, I that song comes on and I just I freeze where I am. You and go I there in your mind. Moment. <laughs> yeah, and, but even that, you know, even like talk about just like a a a great private uncomfortable moment. I mean, I'm just seeing Judge Reinhold, and as a kid, again, I didn't really understand what was happening. I thought right. he was just fantasizing. Then, you know, it's it's him just jerking off on the toilet, and then she walks in on him, and it's just so awful and embarrassing. The look on her face simple. is priceless. Oh, priceless God. when she sees what she sees. Yeah. You know, the performance everybody talks about and is I mean to the fact that it's the the only thing you ever see on any poster is Sean Penn. Sean Penn, mm-hmm. such a small part, such a tiny, tiny part. part, really, yeah. and not terribly consequential. It's a real like B or C plot kind of role. But yeah. He's yeah, so 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 good, and yes. and yeah. it's such a it's such a feels like such a broad character when you only know it the way I knew it, which was like, oh, I just, I've heard of it. I've seen clips of it. And it's just like, Oh, you know, yeah. hey, Mr. Ha-, you know, it just seems like very Bill and Ted or whatever. It's actually, I mean, of course it's an, 
it's incredible because we know Sean Penn and what Sean Penn can do. And, and it's so chameleon like, I mean, this is like, this is like a very, um, not that this is the best example, but it feels like a Jack Sparrow kind of turn, like an actor who comes in and like does this big, crazy character. That's like, yeah. it's big, but it's, but it holds, it really holds the screen and, and you're just so drawn into you the guy. Buy and it. It, yeah. You can you completely buy it. And he's so, but the thing that's so great is that I think almost anybody else would have played him as just, um, this, I'm just this stoned jerk and I show up late to class. And right. what that scene where he comes late to class and he's, it's a beautiful scene when he comes into Mr. Hand's class. He's so polite. I mean, he's, a, yeah. he's stoned, but he's so polite when he gets there. He sincerely is like, I got confused. I think, I don't think he's being a jerk at all. I think he's, no. he's sincere. And then he's sincerely hurt by Ray Walston's response. And you can see you it in dick. his eyes. Yeah. You even before that you did you just see like a an authority figure like right hurt him like disappoint yes. him yeah and then that sets up the whole like little battle between them for the rest of the movie the thing gets resolved in such a, a, a sweet in a lovely way at the, way end. At the end which it's i a relationship Ray Wall, a, mr uh, mr hand is one of those fantastic. just iconic characters yeah. and their relationship is I mean, I think it's one of the, I, I really think it's one of the greatest, like, sort of antagonistic relationships in a movie. He's, it's yeah, one of the greatest so betrayals small. of a teacher that I've mm-hmm. seen in a movie. Because sure. we, we've all had teachers like that. We know that guy. Even that first moment when class starts and he goes and he immediately locks the door. <laughs> you know, something yeah. about that. Um, and, and that's the same thing about. Sean Penn's character as broad as he, and even though, you know, we all grew up on the East coast and we didn't have like surfer guys like that. I still feel like I knew that guy. There were guys like that, that like you said, Jason, weren't bad guys and they were funny and they made people laugh, but you're like, Oh, something's a little off about them. Either they're stoned all the time or something. But like, you just, you, you knew that he was very recognizable. Yes. Yeah. I'm registered in this class. What class? This is U.S. history. See the globe right there. Really? Hey. May I come in? Oh, please. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. I know that, dude. Mr. Spicoli. That's the name they gave me. You're ripping my car. Yeah. Hey, bud, what's your problem? No problem at all. I think you know where the front office is. You dick! With with Mr. Hand, he's a good teacher. You yes. they show they are scenes of him teaching and it's not just a Bueller, he's not just the boring teacher he's or just he's yeah. the strict guy. Like he's strict, but he's a good teacher. Yeah. You know, and you can tell that he loves, he's passionate about what he's teaching. Yes. And that's why he goes to him at the end. He's like, no, you've wasted my time. I'm going to get something Mm. through to you. Um, And (laughs) I think that's what makes the character of Mr. Hand so great. You know, just those little snippets of of hearing him actually teach. The soundtrack is fantastic. I mean, as soon as it Ugh. starts with, we got the beat, it's just, but again, it's one of these weird things. I mean, at the time that song was, you know, the Go-Go's were huge 
And, but looking back at it now, it's, it's like you're saying, Jason, it's so weird to wrap my head around because if I were, if you were going to make the perfect 80s movie, mm-hmm. that's how you'd start it. You'd start it with, we've got the beat. Yep. You know, like, boom, 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 <laughs> yep, and you'd yep, show yeah. the mall and people dresses. Yep. And, but like they, they, it was the, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if it's the perfect 80s movie, but in a way it is the perfect it 80s movie. It typifies the 80s. It absolutely yeah. does it really, without really being does. insulting or, 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 or um, doing a, doing a turn where it's, it doesn't spoof the eighties, you know, it just is. You know what it reminds me of in it? And it, it's like two different, it's like, there's the, this is the teenage version of what I'm about to say, but, uh, it's a great time capsule of youth in the 1980s, much like another film from the exact same year, ET, which you still watch. And you're like, that is what it was like. That is a Good perfect point. picture of what it's like to be like between seven and yeah. 13 years old or something, yeah. you know what I mean? And then this is a great picture of like what it must have been like, you know, we were too, we weren't that age when in 82, but you know, in 1982 to be like 15 to 18 years old, I'm sure that just really, and it does feel true to like our high school years that, which came, you know, a few years after that. I mean, it, it, it just feels very it's just, it is kind of perfect. Like those, I think those two movies, Fast Times and E.T. are kind of perfect portraits of a certain age at a certain time. Absolutely. Yeah. And so E.T. came love- out the same year as this. Yeah, it? it came out early. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it huh. came out in like May or June. Boy, I have a June, memory of being much younger for E.T., like being a little, little kid. I wouldn't have thought that I was eight going on nine. That's interesting. Boy, yeah. it, it just it just well, it makes feels- you feel that way. It makes you feel so... Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It makes adults feel like children. I think it makes children feel like really innocent children. You know, all that Peter Pan imagery. And like, I believe, I believe in this thing that I already at eight, nine years old already like that's that's fantasy. That's that's silly. And then it's like, oh, no. It's not because I Maybe remember it's real. Absolutely. That's the first time I cried in the movie and I cried to, to the point my stomach hurt. That was what wow. E.T. did to me. These are toys. These are little men. This is Greedo. And then this is Hammerhead. See, this is Walrus Man. And then this is Snaggletooth. And this is Lando Calrissian. See? And this is Boba Fett. See, this is Pez, candy. See, you eat it. You put the candy in here, and then when you lift up the head, candy comes out, and you can eat it. You want some? I always thought, like, God, if I could ever get in the room with Amy Heckerling or Cameron Crowe, I always wanted to ask, because it was one of my favorite moments, when uh, Damone's doing his special five-point plan, and he goes through, you know, he's talking to Debbie yes. Harry, cut yes. out, but and he goes, you know, it's and, and what was it like, and... and uh, Five, you know, whenever possible, when you're about to make up, always make out, play side one of Zeppelin four. <laughs> yes. And then and then it cuts and it's Zeppelin playing in the car, but it's cashmere, which is actually side two of physical graffiti. Oh. So I always, I was always sort of curious, did they do that? Obviously it's funny because they're playing Zeppelin. So there, right. there's a joke there, but I always thought, is that representative of, that's why Ratner doesn't, get anywhere with her because he actually choose, he chooses the wrong, the wrong yeah. Zeppelin album and wrong side and wrong song. Oh, that's interesting. I think so with somebody like Cameron Crowe, it couldn't be a mistake. I think somebody else might make a Zeppelin joke and then play the wrong Zeppelin song and then you're like, yeah. yeah. But or I think Fred, on a Cameron Crowe movie, I don't know. But, I mean, it's Or not, it's again. the right song because they ultimately do end up together. You know what I mean? And they don't just have... 
they don't just do it because because at the end it's like hmm. they have a very passionate love affair they still haven't gone all the way that's the that's well, the thing that's, you know so maybe the it's the right of, uh, song. physical graffiti yeah you know, exactly. zeppelin fours if you just want to get to second base real quick <laughs> you want a lasting relationship you pop on physical graffiti you put Listen to a little, on. Let, yeah. let robert plant take you to the middle east with a little cashmere yeah, do it. See, I, think, I also um i appreciate cool. it and i and i never noticed this until this showing um, th- this viewing of it that Ratner's wearing a Popeye shirt, but it's, yes, it's a Robin Williams it's Robin Popeye, Williams Popeye shirt. yeah. From I didn't pick up yeah. on that. I thought it was just I thought a that Popeye. was perfect. No, I oh, made that. A, cool. I, I made a note of that. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. Like the, the kind of glitter iron on from totally. like Popeye the movie. Like that's perfect for that kid to have that. I mean, that's something Paul Thomas Anderson would like. You, cool. Paul Thomas Anderson would absolutely put that in a movie from the eighties. Partly because he's obsessed with Robert Altman, who made Popeye, but also, right. you know, I think that's it's just such a perfect little detail of like a movie that was supposed to be like the hot movie that they had merchandise for, but it wasn't the thing. But <laughs> like died, yeah. some nerdy kid got the Popeye shirt. I think I had a Popeye shirt when I was that age. I think I had uh, when, I, when that movie came out. I think I had I had a Popeye shirt and a Bluto shirt. They made a the guy who played Bluto Jesus. had his own iron on. Oh. And you could get that. You could get that at the mall too. Oh, I so I loved that. I thought it was so fucking funny. I was always muscle to wimpy because I loved hamburgers. You love Paul Dooley. <laughs> I love Paul Dooley. I love hamburgers. Dooley. I love all of it. Wow. Who's, what's your favorite performance in Fast Times? I mean, Phoebe probably, Cates. Uh, yeah, yeah Phoebe Cates is great. She's I think really she's good. really quite good in it. I think she's, she's really, really good. good. She, and, Kate and, and I really and were like, she's wonderful. Yeah. I thought the writing between the women, between the girls, it was, it was, it it's was great writing. It, it was really good. I loved their scenes together. Yeah. Uh, it was all very believable. Yeah, she's great. Do you think guys find that more attractive? Oh, Stacy, please give me a break. You are so much prettier than them. Yeah, I, I know. But you think they'd be better in bed? What do you mean better in bed? Either do it or you don't. No. They're like variables that I might not be good at. Like what variables? Like, you know, giving blowjobs. What's the big deal? I never did it. You've never given a blowjob? Never? Stace, there's nothing to it. It's so easy. I love, God, my favorite character. I mean, I love Damone. He gives a I great just, performance. What the fuck happened to that guy? He was great in it. He's the he one person who didn't become uber famous, right? <laughs> I really love J- Jennifer Jason Lee's performance. Um, yeah, she's I think wonderful. she hits it out of the park. The scene um, after the abortion where she's just waiting. And oh, you, you, you feel everything. And she doesn't telegraph a note. She doesn't do anything extra. It's all internal. It's all just, you know, and she's not sitting there weeping and crying and going crazy. It's she's just dealing with it, dealing with it, dealing with it, pressing it down. And then Judge Reinhold, her brother is there to pick her up and they have that great, lovely, again, simple, simplicity, simple conversation. It's a really lovely, innocent, um, and yet um, confident uh, performance because her confidence in herself grows as the movie goes. I, I just, mm-hmm. I just love her car- her whole character's journey and arc, and that she ends up with him at the end, which you don't expect. I forgot that they ended up together, but they do. I love she really her performance. Is, she really she's, is the heart of the movie, and, yeah, and she's yeah, she probably is the finest performance in it. But uh, yeah, I've I've always had an affinity for Phoebe Cates, and and I love her in. And since I'd never seen this, oh, she's great. I was too. like, oh, she's really, she's really great. I'm not, you know 
rarely see her without a mogwai in a backpack. But, you know, <laughs> here we go. Well, that's, that's a funny ah, thing. You almost <laughs> you almost go into it expecting bad performances, mm-hmm. but they're not, you know, like because I feel like it's it's that, that's the time because it's Porky's and Zapped and everything, yeah, everything yeah. is losing yeah. it. It's all like very like. <laughs> Just churn it out. Just get, just let's not worry about nuance. But this is like a real movie with real actors made by real filmmakers that just yeah. so happens to be about the demographic that, you know, it's like, it's like there are great horror, there are, there are the uh, great horror movies like The Exorcist or and not j- that Jaws is a horror movie, but there are like pieces of oh, art that like yeah. transcend the genre. Transcend that is mostly, the genre. Yes, exactly. You know, that's it's that's what this does. This, that's what this does. And that's why it's so interesting to see um, Zapped opposite it because you go, okay, here's the de rigueur, yeah. you know, kind of churn it out kind of a yeah. movie that they had to retool or whatever they fucking did to it to make it have, you know, more content that people would like. And then you have the one that stands the test of time. That is a work of art, you know, as you said a moment ago, made by real yeah, filmmakers. Yes. It's uh, also interesting it really, that when you think about, I mean, Cameron Crowe, you know, he was a journalist, you know, we know from Almost Famous right. that was based on him, you know, as a kid, but he was, he was a journalist. So it really was, it's like you said earlier, you know, he went undercover to write this book and he was someone who just took a snapshot who didn't, wasn't, I don't think trying, I mean, I'd be curious to see, you know, I'd be, I'd be curious to find some interviews and hear what he expanded or what was directly just taken from dialogue that he heard real teenagers speaking at a high school that he went to. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it is sort of just, you know, he was a fly on the wall and he just sort of took, this is what was going on in real life. And I'm just going to take this and put them together and tell these stories. And there wasn't, you know, I mean, you have the Spicoli dream sequence with Stu Nahan, which is fantastic so where'd you get funny. this jacket that was my- so funny fred i knew you were gonna put it where'd you get that jacket uh, the network gave it to me anyway so <laughs> funny that's such a funny little that bit that was very great that was great and i love uh got it i just remembered and i forgot judge reinhold when he's giving his speech in the mirror you know about the breakup oh, speech and he's just yeah. standing there and it's just this big hairy pussy yeah across the <laughs> mirror as he's, as he's trying to wash it off oh my god oh, yeah. it's so good what a, and what really a, good. but like again like for some reason i watch it and i i don't know why i expect judge reinhold to not be good and he's he's wonderful in this I, and i don't know why i am expecting that i don't know why i'm expecting phoebe cates to be better. like they're all really really good they all give great performances yeah, it's a top-notch cast and yeah. his character that's um it's such an interesting thing to start. I mean, because he's like such the big man on campus in the beginning. He's so <laughs> confident. And then just to see mm-hmm. it just slowly his fall, his away. descent. Oh, <laughs> God. I always remember thinking the ending was, I liked it, you know. And I yeah. just, you know, what, what as a kid, I'm like, what a better way to end a movie than Spicoli going, awesome, totally awesome. But it did seem weird that suddenly it just ends in this convenience store with yeah. Judge Reinhold holding a gun. Yeah, it's a little you know? abrupt, yeah. Yeah, but the, it was yeah, like they didn't know how to end it. Maybe I don't know. I mean, well, I guess like maybe some, they were. Tr- it's it like the way they ended the Animal problem. House and so many other things, and it kind yeah. of felt like a little bit of a letdown. It was like, oh yeah, that's the cute way we end a lot of these movies when we don't know how to end a comedy like that, you know. I, yeah. So I guess, and maybe that's because there isn't any one story that ties all of them together. So you just yeah, want to kind exactly. of do the, the yearbook photo thing where it's like, you're right. you know, like, yeah, you're right. so yeah. I, I think it, it, it worked, but it was, uh, yeah, I guess because it's, it's so reminiscent of other things. You're like, Oh, it's this, this movie cuts out on and takes its own path in so many other ways. It, uh, 
it might have been a, who knows might have been a studio thing you know who the heck knows and maybe yeah because maybe there's something right. cutesy about it that that isn't really true of the rest of the movie it doesn't so. fit with the rest of it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's true yeah you're right animal house does end the exact same way mm-hmm. yeah bluto becomes a senator that's <laughs> right i always loved i always <laughs> loved that that's great. And Anchorman does that same thing. And then they have Steve Carell's character is like an advisor to the Bush White House. The guy, <laughs> guy starts off the movie saying, years later, I'll be told that I am mentally retarded. <laughs> working for Bush. I, I, I mean, it's a fun gimmick to end uh, yeah. uh, a studio comedy with. But yeah, this one didn't feel like that's the way it was going to mm. go. But, uh, yeah. Liked. Bravo. Oh, Sheila's. Oh, she, how many Sheila? Oh, Sheila. Oh, Sheila. How many Sheila? Do we want to go back to Zapped first? Oh, she, no. Yeah, how many Sheila's um, for Zapped? Oh, God. Go ahead, give. go ahead, and then we'll manipulate you either upward or down. <laughs> it's a soggy cardamom. It's half a soggy cardamom. Even yeah. though the nostalgia factor is so high for me on this movie, mm-hmm. I think it's it's like a one Sheila. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a one. I think it's 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 a oneer for me. I'll go two on it. I'll go two on it because, as you mentioned, Scott Bayo was better than I thought he was going to be, and uh, I, I just I, I'm I'm serious. He was better than I thought he was going to be. Willie Ames was better than I thought he was going to be. But that was that's about it. I'll I give mean, them each. He didn't a, fall down. <laughs> <laughs> he ma- he achieved scenes. He made it through scenes. No, he he was you know he was like he was eminently likable. All right, I'll go one and a half. Okay, I'll come down one and a half. One Sheila plus a, a, a short that. stack. Okay, good. <laughs> and uh, fast times. Now what about your zapped? You have to I said I said zapped. it's half a soggy cardamom pancake. Oh, you give me I give it half. I give it okay. half. I, I won't even I won't even uh sully the good name of Sheila by doing oh, it a full If you if you had a choice gun to the head, you're yeah. like this is the last move you have to watch either zapped or weird science. Oh, what would it be? Good question. Weird science. Weird science. Yeah, good. Good good, good, weird science. good man. I mean good it has man. yeah. I mean this this was really I this I was really like this is still happening. This is still happening to me. You know, I, I think I think Zapped is four minutes longer than Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'm like, boo, wow. this. You got no, you have nothing to say. Fine people of Zapped, <laughs> take it elsewhere. Um, yeah, no, I'd watch Weird Science again, and I promised myself I'd never watch Weird Science again. So we'll see if if I get if, if I ever get trapped in some sort of bizarre saw-like circumstance where some madman is like, "I know the way to torture you," you know, then maybe I'll eat my words and have to watch Weird Science again. That's but. like something Doctor Merlot would probably do to you. I think he would put you in that circumstance. Uh, yes, yes. Which which of these abominations would you like to watch but while you fuck one of my other abominations. <laughs> 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 oh, good times. Good the times. The Fast Times um, on High, I'm going to oh, go. Oh, Fast Times. Yes, Fast Times. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with eight. I'm going to rate this fairly highly. Me too. I was going with nine. I'm nine Gillas. Got it. Nice. Got it. Yeah. Nice. Talk nice. Does it make Jim. your, well, does it make your top 10? I guess we're going to find out now. <sighs> Ooh, um, I guess we're going to find out. I guess we're going to find out after these words from our sponsor. Oh, wait, we don't have a sponsor. (laughs) If you'd Um, like to sponsor us, let us know. Please, why not? Send us an email at 
info at openingweekendpodcast.com. Oh, that's Gone. good. We should be touting You'll the be email glad you more did. often. Can <laughs> yeah. people tweet at exactly. us? Is there a way they can tweet at us? I think so. I don't really keep up on the, on the, the, the Twitter page too much, but you can. We're on, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, I think, I think I'm, a, I think I'm a little behind on the, the, the tweeting, but yeah, we're all, we're all over social media. So please, if it talk to us, let us know what you think. Ask Jeeves about us. (laughs) Have a moment. Uh, Ask Jeeves, how do I Google openingweekendpodcast.com? Jeeves will be there for you. So back to school, back to school movies. That's oh, what we're talking about. Yeah. Fast Times makes my list at oh, number 10. Oh, good. Let's yeah. And 10. that's new. That's Fantastic. brand new because it was not on the list before this rewatch. As I said, this movie mm. didn't really mean a lot to me, but I was like, oh, this is a fucking fantastic movie. That's on, that's makes my number 10. Should I go through the How rest or you, you guys want to join in with your. No, let's go. Let's, let's each do our, let's each do our 10. Let's each. Oh, okay. Like that. Okay. You know? okay. Wait, I, I got to make sure. Good. Yeah. I, this got. was, this was tough for me. I had a lot of movies. I need to, I need to say this because my wife and daughter will be very upset if I don't. Go ahead. I don't have this on the list because I've never seen the whole thing, but mm -hmm. they were emphatic that one of the best school movies is Aquila and the Bee. (gasps) I've never seen that either. I've never seen that. I've I've seen, I've seen, I've never seen the whole thing. And what I've seen is, is, is lovely, but they were both like, you, that's got to go on your list. I'm like, well, it can't because I haven't seen it. I'd be, I'd be lying. Right. Right. Um, And they're like, well, you lie because it's the best movie. It's great. It's great. But (laughs) um, yeah. How we, how do we want to do this? Do we want to just, uh. Yeah, what's your, what's your 10? What's your number 10? Uh, Dan said Fast Times at Ridgemont High is his number oh, 10. Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to I think we should each cycle through and do our, like, you know, our the 10 spot, the 9. Eight, oh, that's so that we get it. to okay, our number, good. we all get to our number ones together. I put, uh, for number 10, I put a, a movie that not a lot of people know called Three O'Clock High. <gasps> I love oh, that yeah. movie. I Great. love it. I, I, I forgot that's about a it. That's movie. Yeah, with Casey Shimosko. Cobbler. I love that when she has to yeah, Cobbler. It's so good. It's so strange there's it's so mm-hmm. like a little off kilter and he's wonderful in it yeah. you don't think that i could stand here and tell you about a book i read is that what you think ha. <laughs> my number 10 actually and i just added this i was like oh this is really such a great little high school movie even though it's not what people think of immediately spider-man homecoming i think <gasps> that Spider-Man was homecoming i had that as number eight Oh, do That's you my do? number eight. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, it's a great Spider-Man movie, but it's a great, it's like, a, it's such a love letter to the John Hughes movies anyway. But yes. it's, uh, but all the characters, the, the whole world of that school, I wanted to go to that school. You know, Tom it's Holland's so- great, Zendaya, <laughs> the kid who plays Ned. This It's both, a, has a very John Hughes feel and a very Wes Anderson feel too, simultaneously. There's something but it's just also- really... It's yeah. very realistic. It really, and that's what I loved about when I saw it. And we just saw it. I saw, we, we, we saw it at uh, the drive-in in Cape Cod just a couple yeah. of days ago. Um, but I remember when I first saw the movie, I'm like, this is probably the best representation of a real, what would actually be the population of an actual high school in Queens. Yes. Like they just I get love it. that. The, the casting of the kids is yeah. perfect. That's so funny. They do get that. Diversity. We both did that. Yeah. yeah. The diversity of it's it's absolutely great. a high school movie. It's definitely a school movie. Yeah. The gym, oh, class, the, Hannibal Barres is the gym teacher who's like, I 
got to show this video, this Captain America video. And he's like, I think he's a war criminal now, but you know, whatever, watch it. Today, my good friend, your gym teacher, will be conducting the Captain America Fitness Challenge. Thank you, Captain. I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but whatever. I have to show these videos. It's cry by the state. Let's do it. Now, see, for me, it would be F. Thor, marry Iron Man, and kill Hulk. Well, what about the Spider-Man? It's just Spider-Man. Did you guys see that big security cam on YouTube? He fought off four guys. Oh my gosh, he's crushing on Spider-Man. No way. Kinda. Ugh, gross. Okay, so shall we do this like a bit of a pendulum swing? So I said my ten, now shall I go nine, and then we'll swing it back around sure. to you, Dan. Sure, let's do that. Let's do that. My number nine is Carrie, the original uh, Sissy Spacek. Good movie. Carrie. Oh, Good, good one. Movie. Good one. That's a really good one. Nice I love call. it. I mean, it's for all the wrong re- You know, it's it's horrible. <laughs> it's everything you fear about high school, hate about high school. You know, I mean, but it's but it's really the the texture of it is really. She's um, so good, Sissy Spacek. Was that her first she's movie? She's great. I don't know. Boy, she was dying. Like she's amazing. That. And she's Piper amazing. Laurie as the cuckoo mother. Oy vey. She's gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. Look, it's not too late. Freda, what's your number nine? Oh boy, I I had a tie. Um, it was a mm. stand and deliver and eighth grade. I oh yeah love eighth grade. I yeah. love that. That eighth grade gets a uh, gets an honorable mention from me. I thought that yeah. was wonderful. Eighth I haven't seen stand and deliver re- more recently and more re- uh, recently enough to remember it. Really. I was I reminded it of again. That. We we watched it a, a couple of months ago with the kids. It came on and it's it's a great movie. Jaime Escalante. It's just uh he's good. I did think he's about really that movie. Great. It was a great movie. I just haven't seen it in so long, but yeah. It's, that's, it's uh, really well really done. Good. And and maybe only because I saw it, it just popped up again. I'm like, I gotta put that on there. I mean, he's he's so good, Edward James almost. And it's yeah. it's a it's a wonderful story. Everyone in it is great. Uh and yeah, I really Diamond Phillips and he and yeah. 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 So yeah. that was that was mine. So there's a tie there. It's great. Nine for me is 16 candles. Ah, <laughs> um, I got that on there too. It's on your list too. It's yeah. a uh one that I saw many, many, many times, thanks to my beloved sister, Amy, um, who this was her favorite movie of all time. She it was on one of those VHS tapes with a bunch of other movies that mm-hmm. were taped off of, you know, friends uh cable because we didn't have cable, so they gave it to us, and she just watched it and watched it and watched it. And so, and I grew to love it. I didn't always love it, but I grew to really love it. Um, you know, there are there are so many uh it's it, it's unlike fast times in the fact that like we said before it's sort of the volume is turned up on on um the the relationships the reality it's that john hughes style you know mm-hmm. that style yeah. of reality where things are are elevated and spoofed especially the adults but there is a beautiful scene between paul dooley who we mentioned a few moments ago mm-hmm. and uh and uh, molly ringwald um where he goes to her and apologizes for having missed for the whole family having missed her birthday. It's a yeah. gorgeous scene. Yeah. And it's um, I think my favorite scene in the movie. I feel like a real jerk, honey. We forgot your birthday. I bet you're really PO'd, huh? No, it's okay. I'm not really all that upset anymore. This wedding is really turning this entire house inside out. And I just came down to tell you that we did remember. Thanks, Dad. Happy birthday. 
What's your eight number eight? for me is Juno. I love Juno. Yes. That was a great one. That was a spectacular movie. Yeah, yeah, I was debating that one. That's You that's guys have so much good. stronger lists from like a like a great film standpoint. Well, we're I'm, smarter. I'm we're more intelligent. <laughs> you're a little, you're a we, little uh, smarter, get it. but you've also just had a little more sleep than me. Right now, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love new, Juno. I have a new puppy. And, I'm not sleeping, so I'm just like, what? what's a movie that has school in the title? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the new, the new the new puppy's a real. It's the real thing, people. It's really happening. Um, <laughs> we haven't met the new puppy yet. Jason won't let us meet the new puppy. Well, but, you uh, know, I, I want him to have all his shots before he meets you. Um, <laughs> that's wise. That's very wise. <laughs> um, no, Juno for me, it's the performances. They're all they're all yeah. the money. I think I'm in love with you. Can you give me this, friends? No, I mean for real. Because you're like the coolest person I've ever met, and and you don't even have to try, you know. I try really hard, actually. You're like naturally smart. And you're not like everyone else. You don't stare at my stomach all the time. You look at my face, and every time I see you, the baby starts kicking super hard. My number eight was Spider-Man: Homecoming. No, oh, that's um, right. That's right. That we discussed him. Yeah. Um, mine is. Back to school. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> I love that movie. It's a great film. I just think it's so funny. It's like probably my favorite. I mean, obviously, I love Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack, but I just really, yeah, I love him in that movie. I love, I love the art. You know, it's, there's so many great moments in it, the Sam Kinison scene, all of that. But I mean, I, I just. Kurt Vonnegut. Love see- yeah, I just, I just love seeing this guy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, this guy who's up, like, right? he's basically a millionaire, right? So he's on top of the world, but then he's also this, uh, in this setting, he's this underdog and he's so kind of fun and sweet and good natured. And it's a silly, ridiculous movie, but I, I just, uh, I just, I just enjoy it. Mr. Mellon, your wife was just showing us her Klimt. You too, huh? She's shown it to everybody. Well, she's very proud of it. Uh, I'm proud of mine too. I don't go waving around at parties though. It's an exceptional painting. Oh, the painting. My number seven. See again, I'm pr- I'm proving this right. If it's got school in the title, I'll say school <laughs> School of Rock. I love School, school of Rock. Rock. I think that's I, a terrific good movie. one. That yeah. that I I reluctantly bumped that off my list, but that was I wanted that on there. It's it's great. It. It's a blast. It's Jack Black's yeah. finest moment. I think Joan Cusack's amazing in it. The kids are the kids are it. great in that. They're the all terrific so in it. Oh yeah, they they yeah. really nail it. All those mm-hmm. all those uh, little kids and the the moment at the end when the parents all realize yeah. that <laughs> this guy has done good. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I think is a beautiful moment. My number seven was sixteen candles. Yes. Yeah, yeah, loved it again. Yeah. It's uh, you know there it, it, it there there are some moments that are problematic today in that movie yeah, for sure <laughs> um yeah for sure but uh yeah that just when i there's so many so many moments from that movie that just pop out i'm like high school that's it that's to mm-hmm. me that's that's probably my favorite john hughes movie yeah seven for me is napoleon dynamite oh <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh see now that I has to come to your one. list now fredo that is it's such a weird movie it's such a wonderfully weird, it is its own category of high school movie because it's just so fucking unpredictable and crazy. And what is this thing, this wonderful 
shapeless beast that is this movie and i just i i uh, uh, you can't not have a good time watching that thing and the way it ends is gorgeous it's gorgeous oh, so good well well done well i'm so angry at myself I gotta, that i forgot that i gotta watch that movie there. again because i watched it at our old apartment dan and it never it didn't work for me it just left me really? real cold i thought it was mm. all it was kind of all style, no substance for me. And I, really? I but I have, yeah, but I got to watch it again. I got to watch it again because people love it so much, but it oh, just, so fun. I think I, my expectations. For, Give it another try because I, I mean, he, he, um, is doing so, such a great job, you know, uh, boy, I'm blanking on his name. John right Hader, now. the actor, John Hader. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and <laughs> it's one of those, it's one of those characterizations that is so like the Spicoli, in a, in a way that he's doing so much within it and yet you buy it, you know? Yeah. And I, I can see why people maybe wouldn't in the same way they wouldn't buy Sean Penn as Spicoli, I guess, because if they think it's too much or belongs in the wrong movie or something like that. But the whole yeah. movie with Napoleon Dynamite, the whole movie is in that sort of style of, of, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's got this weirdness to it and this, and this strange, shapelessness, formlessness to it that makes the whole thing work in a weird way. I love it. How was school? Worst day of my life. What do you think? Well, I want you to go see if Tina wants some of this. Kip hasn't done flipping anything today. Look, tonight me and your... Kip, listen! What? Tonight me and your aunt are going to go visit some friends, and we're not going to be back till tomorrow. We're getting a little low on steak, so I got Lyle coming over tomorrow to take care of it. Well, what's there to eat? Get off, Napoleon. Make yourself a dang quesadilla. Uh, my oh, number right. six is a different right. John Hughes movie. It's Some Kind of Wonderful. Um, yeah. He wrote oh, this yes. movie. He did not direct it. We've mentioned it before on the podcast. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's unlike a lot of the John Hughes movies in that it's not about the rich kids. It's about a it's about a kid from the kids from the other side of the track who are obsessed with. Uh, the rich kids. Yeah. It's sort and of the, it's a better can't buy me love in a way. Yes. You always had a crush on Mary Louise Parker, didn't you? Uh, he plays she's, Mary Stuart Masterson. Mary Stuart Masterson. 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 I'm sorry, Mary Stuart Masterson, Masterson. Yes. He plays the drummer in that. Yeah. Big crush on him. Big yeah. crush on her because of this movie. But oh, Eric great. Stoltz, you know, it's a beautiful, it's, it's, it's very sort of, um, it, it, it's cliche in the way that, that, um, you know, some other movies of this era or around that time are cliche, like Teen Wolf and things like that, where you mm. idolize this person, but the person you should be with is right in front of you, you know, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. it always was a, uh, this movie does that dynamic, um, better than any other movie. And, uh, uh, and the, and the, and for once the adults aren't complete idiots, <laughs> even though it's a John Hughes script. Uh, and, uh, his father is actually really trying to get him to, buckle down and pick a college and he's got big dreams for him and he's not an he's not a complete idiot you know and uh they've got some great scenes um i can't I'm my, my sister loves that movie. when we were growing father. up that was her favorite movie and uh when i worked at the video store that was around the time of that movie and i got the, the poster like the original oh wow. one sheet poster and i brought it home for her and she yes. had it in her room for a while but yeah i love that movie too yeah that is, that's uh, really good my number six was fast times Ah, very good. Very, yeah, you might have uh, heard about it on the Open Weekend <laughs> podcast. My number six was a movie called uh, Dick. A movie about. I've never uh, seen that. It's and so that's good. Yeah. Michelle Williams and Kirsten Dunst uh, oh, as these two yeah. 
high school girls in Washington, D.C. It turns out they are deep throat during the Watergate scandal and stuff. And it's a it's an incredible comic cast. Dan Hedaya is Nixon. Oh, it's like every, it's just Terry Gars. I mean, the cast is nonstop. We don't think that you've been completely honest with us. If this is about the Watergate nonsense, let me say once again, I had nothing to do with it, okay? It's a plot created by my enemies to disgrace me. Those radical, muckraking bastards, Woodward and Bernstein over at the Washington Post. They are the liars here, you know, always hiding behind the goddamn First Amendment. Well, let me tell you something. It won't protect them from me. Actually, it was just about the dog. You act like you like him, but we don't think you do. What dog? But now that you mention it, you know, a lot of people are talking about this Watergate thing, and they all say that you lied. And I'm Jewish. I know. I had you checked out. There's probably more in there than you know about yourselves. What's your number five? My number five is Harry Potter, but... <gasps> Not all uh, of them, but many of them. I'd say yeah. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, Goblet of Fire. Those are just really delicious school year movies. They yes. span the entire year. There's something about them that, you know, the way it uh, spans the seasons and the, the camaraderie and the classes and the, the bullies and the teachers and all the great, you know, that just everything about it, about that school is fantastic to me. So I think it's actually a kind of great back to school series yeah. of movies. Welcome, welcome to another year at Hogwarts. My number five was is Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. I completely forgot You're about it. Jumping to college, but it's uh it's it's a school oh, movie. Yeah. Great. I can't can't get enough of that movie. Again, <laughs> problematic in many ways, but uh I just I just love it. I love those nerds. Nerds! 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 Okay, this one's a stretch. My wife said you cannot put this on the list. It's not really a school movie. What is? But it? it's War Games. I love I'll give War you that. Games. I don't know because yeah, sure. the, because of the the right the kids the 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 the. the the interplay, the scenes that are in school, there that are whole feeling of coming back after uh, being home after school. He's the video game doing, kid. He's home after school. Home. Yeah, um, I, Ali Sheedy comes home to his house. You know, it, it, it still it feels like a high school movie to me, but it's a high school yeah. movie that, you know, if you were that high school kid who got into a big adventure, that's, you know, that was somewhat plausible during mm -hmm. that era. <laughs> You know, but with, that's with it. That's right. But, and that's fear. and all the stakes of it and all the the overwhelmingness of it is. Yeah, it's because this is a kid. It's a high school kid who's just fucking around. And now yeah. the fate of the world is in his hand. I think it's I think it's a great, great. choice, actually. Yeah. Shall we play a game? Number four yeah. for me is the movie The Sure Thing. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's I, a good one. I love it. 
I don't I think I've seen that. Good one. Rob Reiner directed it. It's got John Cusack, mm-hmm. another Anthony Edwards performance yep. as the best friend. Tim and, Robbins. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, Tim Robbins is hysterical in it. It's so good. Um, he's trying to get across country because Anthony Edwards has said, there's a girl here mm-hmm. in California who will sleep with you and it's a sure thing and that's <laughs> the whole movie is he's trying to get out there and he goes um with uh daphne zuniga who's you know very uptight nerdy um and they they go together on this trip because she's going out there to see uh, uh her boyfriend and uh who's played by boyd Gaines, who's terrific i love mm. this movie I, this was this was a re and re and rewatch for me throughout the 80s throughout the 90s i just think it's uh it's such a good movie because it has such a great message and cusack's performance at the middle of it um elevates it because he's uh uh he's a wild card you know he's a total wild card in this he's not just straight laced he's the opposite of so they're very much an odd couple it's kind of Mm -hmm. an odd couple movie it's it's beautiful i love it that's great i had for my number four super bad me too that's on my list that's my number four Look oh, at that. That's my number four. It's, it's so good. It lo- it's I, fantastic. It, it loses me a little bit with the cops, with the cops shooting me at the too. car. Yep. Me that's too. That's the only part where I'm like, all right, this could be shortened a little bit, but- it's that Judd so Apatow good. kind of like it just it just goes a little too long. I mean, yeah. he didn't direct yeah. this one, but it's 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 in that vein where it's yeah. like just let it all kind of play out and go where it goes, and it's like, no, you can shape that. You can yeah, tighten that up a little, little too bit. much. But okay. other than that. It's, no. I think Make those two him. are so good. Michael Sarah <laughs> and Jonah Hill are both so good. McLovin? McLovin? What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What are you trying to be, an Irish R&B singer? Oh, they, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin? Yeah, I was between that and Muhammad. Why the fuck would it be between that or Muhammad? Why don't you just pick a common name like a normal person? Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for once. Fogel, have you ever actually met anyone named Muhammad? Have you actually ever met anyone named McLovin? No, that's why you picked a dumb fucking name. Fuck you. Give me that. All right. You look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. What? One name? One name? Who are you, Seal? Three is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is yeah, my favorite my uh, John Hughes. Actually, I just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's a That is my son's favorite movie. movie. It is, is yeah. It? yeah. Your kids have movie. great taste. Your kids really do have really good taste because it's a really solid movie. It's, it's anarchic. It's so wild and colorful and broad. And the parents are such, the, the actors are so great. Say what you will. I, you know, I know he's canceled. Jeffrey Jones as Principal <laughs> oh, Rooney is oh, so fucking God. amazing. Yeah, he's talking I, about oh, a, 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 Cameron. Why am I blanking Alan on his Ruck. name? Alan Ruck. Yeah. Alan Ruck. Yeah. Fan, I mean, just fantastic. Yeah. And the, the scope of the thing. And I, you know, and I was a good kid. I would never have played hooky any of that stuff and yeah i just love this movie not be and not because it was wish fulfillment or anything like that it was i was much more the cameron i was the you know the the movie's got to have it's 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 the the world's full of ferrises and camerons and you're you're one or the other i was more of a cameron but uh ed rooney ed this is george peterson how are you today sir well we've had a bit of bad luck this morning as you may have heard yeah i heard and oh i'm all broken up boy what a blow yeah. Well, uh, it's been a tough morning, and uh, we've got a lot of family business to take care of, so if you wouldn't mind excusing Sloan, 
Uh, sure, yo, I'd be happy to. Yeah, you, uh, you, you just produce a corpse, and uh, I'll release Sloane. I want to see this dead grandmother firsthand. It's all right, Grace. It's Ferris Bueller, that little twerp. I'm going to set a trap and let him fall right into it. Uh, uh, Ed, I'm, I'm sorry. Did, did you say you wanted to see a body? Yeah, that's right. Just uh, roll her old bones on over here, and I'll dig up your daughter. Number three, I have Rushmore. Yeah, that's an honorable mensch yeah. for me. Yeah, it's, that's, uh, it's, it's uh, on my list. It's yeah, on. I remember seeing that. That was one of the, the first movies that I saw with Kate, my wife. And mm. it's just, uh, it's probably still my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Was that his first movie? That was his first, like, main I think so. Wes Anderson? Yeah. No, Bottle Rocket was. Uh, Bottle Rocket, Bottle right, right, right. I couldn't but think But like it, so yeah. many of these things, like, isn't that always the way? Like Paul Thomas Anderson, his first movie's Hard Eight. I've never right. seen it. And Boogie Nights is what put Boogie him on Nights the map. Very thing, often yeah. it's the sophomore one where that right. is like, you but get a little budget, one, right? you get some people yeah. involved. Yeah. But this was my introduction to him and I just, I, I just never seen anything like it. Yeah, I thought Jason I, Schwartzman was such an interesting character. Uh, I agree 1,000%. What are we, number three? Three yeah. for me was super bad. Mm-hmm. So freaking funny. I mean, just the penis pictures alone. Oh, stuck. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Two for me is a movie that um, my wife uh, introduced me to because it is one of her favorites of all time. And it skyrocketed right to the top of one of my favorites of all time. It's Say Anything. Ah. I love this movie so much. It is so, I mean... Talk about getting it right, you know, um, the relationship between them. The writing is so strong that the John Mahoney character, the dad, he's fallible. And the and when when Ione Skye, the daughter, realizes about her dad, the way that she's crushed and all of that. What would you say? No, it's heartbreaking. It's deeply heartbreaking. And the way that he answers the the. The question posed to him at the table. I thought about this quite a bit, sir, and I, I would have to say, considering what's waiting out there for me, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or process anything sold, bought, or processed, or repair anything sold, bought, or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So, uh, my father's in the army. He wants me to join, but I can't work for that corporation. Um, so what I've been doing lately is kickboxing. It's brilliant. And the, and the, 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 you know, and his sister, Joan Cusack is in it and she's wonderful. Um, the relationship between them is great. I I just, I I really, I, I never paid this movie any attention. I never, you know, I was like, oh yeah, it's the movie where he holds the radio up over his head and I had never seen it. And, you know, within the last, uh, two years, um, Taylor showed it to me and I was like, oh, this movie's fucking fantastic. So I, yeah. I, I really, really love it. I love it. It's, it's weird. I don't mean it's, I mean, it's so different than Rushmore, but th- that was another one that I really had a hard time. It, it didn't make my list, but I, and I, I, I sort of rue that it didn't cause I, I love it as well. My number two, uh, all right, all right, all right. Used and confused. I knew you were uh, going to put this on your list. I knew you were going to put it on your list. Love it. Again, it's just another, it's like fast times, you know, where it's just like these little snapshots and, you know, different disparate stories and characters all coming together. And I, I got, I remember, I remember seeing the trailer for it and thinking this looks 
awful no. in college. It just didn't. They were playing Low Rider, that song. That was on the commercial. And it just looked goofy and stupid. Yeah, you didn't know what to make of it. Yeah. No. It wasn't marketed well. And then I saw it the at, um, at Hofstra. The tie-dye yeah. it, it didn't No, we, like we went to go see it, it at the um, the Hofstra Theater at yeah. school. And oh, right. I just fell in love with it. And we watched it twice that night. Well, I remember we watched it early and then we went and saw it again. And I just loved it. I think the performances are great. It's, uh, it's again, it's one of those things that's so, you recognize, you know, all these people. And again, so simple. They're just like, we got to go into a kick party. Party yep. at the Moon Tower. Yeah. Yep. That's it, yep. you know. My number two is Election, Alexander Payne's Election with Reese Witherspoon and Matthew nice. Broderick. I just think it's an, it's an amazing movie. It's, you know, it's very, it's a very, very sharp satire. It's a, uh, it's an allegory for so many things for, for it's, it's about set in high school, but it's really, it's, it's bigger picture. It's about, it's, it's about a lot of things. It's about being an adult. It's about politics. It's about America. It's about competition. It's about, you know, it's about everything winners and losers and alphas and betas. And uh, yes, it's, it's, yes. it's just fantastic. And the performances are great. And I, you know, again, Alexander Payne, uh, another filmmaker that I don't know what number film this is for him. This might also be sophomore effort. Maybe Citizen hmm. Ruth was his first movie. I don't know. Yeah. But, is it before you know, about gone, Schmidt? And, it is before oh, about Schmidt. Before it's that, like three yeah, years yeah. Bef- before about Schmidt okay. and The Descendants. And About Schmidt is probably my oh, favorite of his movies. Uh, you know, as a good filmmaking fan, obviously. But um, yeah, no, but I, I really, I love Election and I love Broderick in it too. He's uh, he's pretty I'm embarrassed person. to say I've never seen it. <gasps> oh mm. my God. Fred, you got to see it. I, it's a great, yeah. great, great, great movie. Uh, oh, and then it's my, it's my turn to see my number one. Jason. My number one is Rushmore. Is Wes Anderson's Rushmore, which yeah. I just fucking yes. love. It makes me feel so good. It makes me laugh so hard. It makes me cry. <laughs> it uh, It's beautiful to look at. It's obviously so quirky. So you were in Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Were you in the shit? Yeah, I was in the shit. Jason <laughs> Schwartzman gives a, a beautiful performance, so confident, so assured, so cocky and obnoxious and cringy. You know, before cringe was a thing, there's such a cringy <laughs> element to his character. And and this was like the total reinvention of Bill Murray in so many ways. And, I, yeah. you know, this word gets overused, but it really is like a masterclass to me in subtlety and cynicism and then that ray of light breaking <laughs> through and and Eric yeah, Brian such Cox a dick, is amazing you love him. such a di- oh yeah you love him and he's so <laughs> yeah this, this the, the thing that's when buried at the core his kids in the beginning <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's so good that what he wants to be the thing he wasn't is max you know he sees that optimism right. and he sees mm-hmm. that he wants to go back to school in a way he yeah, wants yeah. to go back to his youth it's it's really great what's this That's the perfect attendance award and the punctuality award. I got those at Rushmore. I thought you could choose which one you liked more and you could wear that one and I could wear the other. I'll take punctuality. It's just a beautiful, beautiful little movie. And, and, you know, and, and it's all about school. It's like, it's like, it's all about when you can, when school is a place that you that you love that defines you and 
and and how important that time in your life is. And he's like yeah. the smartest and most creative person in the school, <laughs> the kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who and has the worst grades of it? anybody in the school and gets, yeah, because he's just it's, like so many creative types, like, you know, might yep. be the most brilliant, person, but you can't it. apply yeah. it to, you know, <laughs> that's right. Whatever. <laughs> just causing Brian matter. Cox to go and to have strokes because <laughs> just causing him so much strife. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, it's 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 so good. What's your number one, Fredo? Now number one, I've cheated. Fredo. Oh, I've Jesus. cheated with this, and go. I know our listeners are going to call in and Don't say, "No, you can't do that. High. You can't do that." Oh no, no. I, but I have to. I can't. I'm going to go against the grain. It's it's Jesus. not a movie, but I'm going to say if you put them all together, it will be a movie. It's freaks oh, and geeks. I know. Oh. I, I had to. I couldn't. Yep. I, I think it, that that series as a whole uh, is is it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. There's no there's no other movie about school that makes me feel the way that whole series does. Yeah. Um, it's just, and I know it's not a movie, and I know I broke the rules and the law, and people will yell at me and say you're an evil person, but I'm, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I'm sticking I'm with it. It's, it's not a movie. It's. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's wonderful. And I thought about it many times while putting the list together. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I wrote it Freaks down and Geeks on my is list. the template. You know, it's the template. I had yeah. to. I had to because yeah. it just it just gets it right. I mean, for nothing else. And I know we've talked about this outside the podcast, but this this scene with Martin Starr's Bill when he comes home and he's watching uh, the Dinosaur Show and yes. Gary Shandling's on. That's the that most amazing moment. It's probably the most beautiful the scene I've ever seen yep. on television. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love it. Now, if I had to do a movie, uh, maybe Hoop Dreams, I'm going to throw that in there. Okay. Uh, mm. yeah, yeah, but but no, it's I'm fantastic. sticking with Freaks and Geeks. That's uh, that that to me is my. Well, my, I'll let, I give it to you because you mentioned the best moment in the entire series. Which okay, was the thank Martin you. Star watching <laughs> Gary you, Shandling it made me you. cry when I watched that. I thought it was yeah. just so perfect. Yeah, no. no, and you know what? And because it spawned so many film careers from Judd Apatow's oh, film career people, and Paul, yeah. Paul Feig or Feig yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, who directed Bridesmaids and the new yeah. Ghostbusters and stuff. And, and then all those actors, Linda Cardellini and Franco and Rogan and Jason Siegel. I mean, it's, Siegel, it's, yeah. it's, it's like literally like the, it's the stepping stone to, to, to something, to a, to a, not just a generation because it's people of different ages, but, a school of people, like a class of people that kind of yeah. redefined yeah, Hollywood comedy. And, uh, for like yeah. about 10 years. So, yeah, it's great. What's your number That's one? Uh, my number one's already been mentioned. It's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, it is, um, to me, one of those movies that fits into the very, very small list of movies that I go, That's a perfect fucking movie. Hmm. That is a perfect movie. I don't have anything that I can say negative about it. There's nothing, there's not a moment in it that I'm not thrilled and smiling and enjoying myself. I think probably be part of it is because Ferris was who I wanted to be. And maybe mm-hmm. it's who we all wanted to be, you know, in in some ways, because he was just beloved. He's just beloved and he's not a dick. He's sometimes a dick a little bit to Cameron and they have a big argument about that in the car and everything. But he's he's beloved because he's a good person and he's nice to everybody. And the greatest thing to me is just the adventure of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's too beautiful of a day to be cooped up inside. Mm-hmm. So let's go have an adventure and I'm going to bring my, you know, 
downtrodden, <laughs> curmudgeonly best friend and my girlfriend, and we're going to go have an adventure throughout um, Chicago. And it's, uh, I just think it's a perfect movie. I just think it's a perfect movie. I, I, I have nothing bad to say about it. It just fills me with joy. It's joy. It's movie joy. Mm. <laughs> for, for great. Um, I love it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we are going to wrap it up here and look forward to next week when we are jumping to the year 1998. September 18th of 1998 specifically and the movies Rush Hour starring Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, the original Rush Hour, Simon Birch. uh, And I'm not sure who's in that other than I believe Ashley Judd is one of the actors in that film. That's based Um, on Owen Meany. Yes. Based on a prayer for Owen Meany. And, uh, and the movie one true thing which I believe is uh, Meryl Streep, Renee Zellweger. Am I totally wrong about that? I think I think oh, one true thing. We get to see Merle, little Merle I Streep. I think, and watch, I might be totally wrong. One true thing. It could be like, Chevy Chase plays a dog. I, I, you know, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> That's one true thing. Uh, but, but no, I believe it's, I believe, <laughs> I believe it's Meryl Streep. Um, and if it's not, I'll apologize to you then. Uh, Dan, you got anything for us to... I think we got to do a little We Got the Beat. I think that's the yeah, only way baby. to sort of to go, it, yeah. to go out on this. So let me get a little bit of a... All right, there we go. Okay, so let's do a little bit of this. This is going to be a hard one because it's got a, it's got a, quite a tempo to it. Yeah. See if I can get it. bopping through the mall listening to that in my ears. With your wet hand farts in my ear. Oh my God. And Judge Reinhold by my side. Wait a minute. I'll as say this be. about that. As it should be. Awesome. Totally awesome. <laughs> the opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.